fellow caregivers, this is Liz Wessel, and today I am with Carrie Reed. Carrie, thank you so much for taking this opportunity to come together and just talk a little bit about what you do here at Providence. I've been working in home health for 15 years. Prior to that, I did start my nursing career at St. Joseph. I started there on the med surge floor and then it converted over to a respiratory unit. So I had that experience behind me and then decided to have children. Stayed home with my kids for 15 years and then went back into home health. And the reason I started in home health is because I wanted the flexibility. I never thought I would do home health when I started my nursing career. I went to school at San Diego State. And we had public health nursing. It seemed like the places that we went to didn't appear to be the safest. And I just thought, this is no way I ever want to do this kind of nursing. But here I am. And I love it. I think that the most important thing for me is in the hospital, you, you see patients, you get to know them. And back then, they stayed a little bit longer. So you kind of developed a rapport with them. And then they left and you never knew what happened to them, how well they did or how poorly they did. If In home health, I love it because we see the patient coming out of the hospital in not so great shape. They progress, they do better, and then we discharge them in a stable condition, knowing that they're well cared for, safe in their home, medications are all in order, and it just is a good feeling. And what brought you to Providence? I worked for a small home health agency that was just like a mom and pop type. And I really wanted the experience of a larger organization, better benefits and job security. And what was it like working for a small agency in comparison to a larger one? I've heard some people say, well, they love working for a small organization because it's so family oriented. And so coming into a larger organization definitely has great benefits, but it can also be perhaps intimidating or not as personal. Definitely the small organization was more like a family setting. Everybody knew everything about you and everybody was very friendly. But at the same time, being a small organization, you had the whole county almost to cover. So it was a lot of driving, more driving sometimes than actually staying in the patient's homes. With Providence, had a set zip code, zip codes that I would cover patients on. And I mean, my driving was cut down tremendously. So I could then spend more time with my patients, which allowed me to do that. And I'm not the kind of nurse that stops patients when they're telling me a story or rushes them. I just listen and I don't know, sometimes my visits were extremely long, but worth it because I think the patients really appreciate that you care and you want to listen to what they have to say. That certainly is honoring of human dignity and a sense of you matter and you're important. Know me, care for me. Yes, absolutely. I think that medication management is very lengthy very time consuming, but extremely vital for the accuracy to be there for every patient because doctors will ask you sometimes, well, what are they on? And if you tell them they're on 40 milligrams of Lasix when they're really on 80, it's going to cause a, an issue and a problem with the treatment that the patient receives. That is such an important point that you make because it is so time consuming 
there may be times when that is not being as accurate as it needs to be, or we're not receiving accurate information from the patient themselves. So looking at those bottles, you really are validating. I understand that you have a new role, and can you share a little bit about what you have been doing over the last several months? The last several months, I have been doing telehealth visits. Telehealth visits have been a tremendous help, I think, for the agency because it helps with the staffing needs. It expands our care to the patients. Uh, some patients don't want nurses to come in, especially during the COVID pandemic. They were afraid we were going to bring the virus to them. So they declined visits most times because of the COVID fear. So this way, it's a telehealth visit via the Zoom app. Some patients are very proficient at it. Some are not so so good and it takes a while to get them started. But once they have it, it's very easy and they love it. I've had patients that I think I've had six visits, you know, CHF patients that require more monitoring every week. And I've done the visits on these Spanish speaking patients. And it's really, I think, helped a lot. Yes, and being able to speak the language of the person that you're serving, again, eases the way for them and makes them feel well cared for, understood, heard, and, and that's a wonderful gift. In all your years of home health, I know that it's very challenging, especially for caregivers who have worked in the hospital setting or a different setting and then come into this very unique work that we do. Did you struggle when you started? Starting out in home health like I did after having only been a hospital nurse was really overwhelming because you were dealing with all the systems, not just one certain thing. You were looking at the whole patient. You're doing medication management, which I've learned that if you use an open-ended question, like what do you take for constipation, they bring out that medication or what do you use for dry eyes versus do you take any other meds? Because they, a lot of times, don't consider those things medications. They're over the counter and they only feel that prescription medications are considered medications. So in using that terminology and that type of question, you bring out all the over-the-counter meds. And sometimes it's overwhelming because sometimes people take a lot of supplements. Do you have anything to share about some of those over-the-counter medications or supplements and how that might interact or have an impact on the care that they're receiving or other meds that they're taking? Oh, absolutely. There are interactions. A lot of people don't realize that herbal supplements can interact with their prescription medications just as much as another prescription. You know, there's fish oil and garlic are all blood thinners in their own action on the body. So if they're on a blood thinner already, it may potentiate that medication. And yeah. also, I, I just found out that drinking alkaline water with extended release medications causes them to work more quickly, get absorbed more quickly, and you don't have the benefit of that extended release. Wow. I was and, completely unaware of that. And that could be also a potential danger if you're on this time-release medication where you're suddenly getting more of a dosage than you're supposed to, especially with something like a pain medication. I wasn't aware of that either. I 
just found that out. It was really unbelievable that that isn't out there because everybody drinks alkaline water these days, it seems like. Share a little bit more about the tips that you would want to pass on to other nurses to help them to be successful in home health. I think just preparing the patient in advance with your phone call the night before, letting them know that you need to look at all the medication bottles every visit. I used to tell patients that at Start Care, now we need to have these in a set spot. Any medications you aren't taking, put them in a bag and label it. Do not take, discontinued. A lot of patients don't want to throw out medications, so that was the reason why I would do that. But Patients were very, very compliant with that and usually had their medications out. Of course, you get the patient that doesn't want to do that every time because you just did it three days ago or what have you. But, you know, if you stress the importance of it to always be on the same page, they tend to to be okay with it. And also, I think that if the nurses are given the opportunity and the okay to schedule a follow-up visit the next day for medication management only, and enter all of those over-the-counter supplements, what have you, I think that they would probably really be grateful for that. Yes, I know that we utilize those visits very cautiously. We want to make sure we're doing the very maximum we can with each visit to make it really count and, and be skilled. And I think that medication management is certainly a vital skill. Also, education can go along with that and perhaps some disease management education along with it to really get the most out of that that visit that we're making. I know that you are really passionate about med reconciliation and I hear from your director, Marilyn, that she so appreciates the work that you're doing through telehealth. And is there anything more you'd like to share about that? I probably can't stress enough the importance of it. So I think just being really careful and when you enter a medication, just double check it. Also with the new EPIC program, it will give you the generic and the brand name, which will help on some of those where we have duplicate entries. I remember that as well as a field nurse for many years that a lot of times when a person came home from the hospital, maybe they were given a prescription in the generics, yet they had their brand name at home. And I actually would catch that there were the duplicates and patients were over-medicating. So that is, I think, a really important one. So that's wonderful to hear that Epic can help in that way. With Epic now, those medications, rather than having to type them all in when the patient is discharged and has the discharge med list, that with a click, you can bring them into your medication profile. The California Hospital Association states that 70% of patients have errors on admission. And then when they leave the hospital, there's actually still more errors. There's up to 80% of patients have at least one medication error at discharge. So there's 20% of hospital admission due to medication errors. I think that's why with the Joint Commission and the National Patient Safety Goals, medication is receiving so much attention because it really is very risky for people. Medications have a lot of side effects. And I know with my own son, 
he was given a medication and then it wasn't working, it wasn't treating his symptoms, and they added another medication that happened to be contraindicated, and at 33, he had a cardiac arrest due to ventricular fibrillation, which is about 99% sure you're not going to survive that. I feel so blessed that my son is alive today, especially since he's a single dad raising three children. <laughs> But there happened to be a paramedic in the store at 11.30 at night when my son was working at the store. And he was able to resuscitate him, that, and they had the paddles to do that. It was just such a blessing, you know, that his life was saved. So I, I definitely feel passionate myself, that medication, reconciliation, and Educating our patients and families on medications is truly important. I was thinking about, too, oxygen therapy. Do you see any issues with the oxygen being considered as a medication that needs to be on the profile? It absolutely has to be on the profile, and I do see a lot of patients that it's not listed. It'll be in the nurse's note. The oxygen is at two liters or what have you and it's not on the med profile, or it's not on the nursing note at all, but the patient has been on oxygen, you know, maybe only at night, that it is a medication, and, you know, you have to instruct the patient that they cannot change the liters per minute as well. Some patients have, you know, turned it up. Oh, I had one patient say, well, my, my daughter's a nurse, and she said to turn it up to six liters. Oh my gosh, I go, well, I cannot tell you that. I, I am not a doctor. I can't order any medication changes, and that is a medication change. So I did let the doctor know, and I think the doctor addressed it with them. Yeah. And what about allergies? Any tips on allergies? The allergies sometimes are not on the med profile either, and I think that that's really important because you know, a doctor may not know the allergies and order something that's contraindicated the patient possibly forgot about or didn't even notify the pharmacy about it. The pharmacy, I always tell them, needs to know any new allergies or keep them up to date on all allergies because your pharmacist is going to catch that. And also mm -hmm. having the, the correct pharmacy name and number is important because when you call a physician to change a medication, I always leave the pharmacy name and number in case they want to change something. That way they have it there cuts back on one phone call that they'll make to us or possibly the patient is no longer using the previous pharmacy and now they have the correct one on file. Yeah, that, those are all very helpful tips. And in your years of nursing, were you able to come up with any tips and tricks of the trade to help you stay organized, to keep your day within a manageable range? No, I think I would make my appointments. I would also write down the patient's MRN number and keep that handy and put any notes in there that I wanted to discuss with them. I always did my homework before as to medications or anything that I needed to teach on and made a little note. And I just had a clipboard with me all the time that had their MRN number and what I was going to do that visit. And of course, sometimes, it, you know, you deviate from that for whatever may come up, but that way, I addressed what I needed to address the visit. If it was a CHF patient, of course, you have all the guidelines there, which is great. 
I think just keeping track of patients on paper for me was the easiest way to do it. Anything pertinent, anything that I needed to speak to the doctors about, I would just jot it down there or put it in the box in the comments. I would just put a quick note if I didn't have time to write the whole nurse's note in there. That way I would just call the physician and then find out what needed to be the next step for these patients. It's basically just finding what organization tool works for you and sticking with it. I mean, I just found that writing things down and keeping track of patients that way and helped me with my visit, addressing what I needed to address, whether it was wound care or supplies. I just put a little, you know, supplies question mark, did they need them? And then I would order them. So that way I kind of touched all the bases and at the same time let myself know what needed to be done. Terry, I'm wondering if you could share a little bit of tips around documentation because we know that that is a big challenge. Oh, it definitely is a big challenge because it's time consuming. A lot of times the patients don't want your face in your computer the whole time. But if you let them know that it's vital that you have everything in there accurately as you assess, it's better for them and it's better for the next nurse that is looking at the chart or possibly the doctor now with Epic that they have access to everything. If you complete your nurse's note at the time of the visit or possibly outside the home, you're going to have better time management and continuity of care because you won't be delayed in the notes. The next nurse will be able to see it the next day. You really have to focus on getting your notes in same day. I don't think I ever submitted a late note since I've been in home health. I just thought it was vital and important for the next nurse to know what I did, especially if it's a daily visit or even if it's not, it's a weekly visit. You want to know what transpired that last visit. I think you've given some wonderful tips and I would just like to ask you, what keeps you in home health? Do you still have a passion for this line of nursing? And with all the challenges that we mentioned, what keeps you in it? I am very compassionate. I've been on both sides as you have with one of my children. And you appreciate what people are going through. You can empathize with them and they appreciate that. You know, if you tell your cancer patients, yeah, I, I know what you're going through. You know, it's a tough road you're on, but you just have to deal with it day by day and hopefully it gets better. And they appreciate that you are compassionate and caring and you share something of yourself sometimes. And, you know, maybe not all the time share everything about what's going on in your life, which I, I don't. If you share and they kind of, okay, you know, I, I think this nurse probably does care about, you know, that I'm nauseous or have no appetite. It's hard for me to maintain composure sometimes with that because I am right in the middle of it myself. Well, thank you for being willing to be vulnerable and to share that, Terry. And I imagine that being vulnerable and sharing those kinds of similarities of what you may be experiencing really means so much to them and, and connects with them in a very sacred way like no other because you know you're walking in those shoes so I truly appreciate you doing that for us today as we close is there anything you'd like to share as far as working at this particular organization. You've been with us for how many years now? Probably about six years, six, seven years now. What keeps you at Providence in Joseph's? 
I love the, the large organization. I loved that I had a set area that I worked in, that I wasn't all over the county. The support is there. I definitely love working for a large organization. The benefits are great. I said I have my son is on my insurance plan for that very reason. And so um, I really appreciate that. Well, we appreciate you, your expertise, the way you bring all of yourself into the work that you do in a very holistic, beautiful manner. And it truly has been an honor to spend this time with you today, Terry. And thank you for your dedication and your service. Mm -hmm.